I don't know what's happening. The greatest podcast in the entire world for confusing people and making them look stupid. Now, let's get crazy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to I Don't Know What's Happening, the greatest podcast ever. Today, we have some great things lined up for you. I am your host, Aiden Keegan, and with my co-host... Corden, Corden. Corden Lidner, and we are ready to bring you some content. For our first segment today, we're going to be having the interview segment, a segment you guys know, and a second one, we have a new one called the movie review, and you will see what's happening coming right up after the interview stage. Let's get into the interviews. Okay, so for our first interview today, we have a man named Clayton, and he is so ready, and let's ask him some questions. (laughs) Let's move him in here. Clayton, welcome to the call. Hello. Is this where is this where I start? Yes, sir. Uh, Clayton, go ahead and tell uh, the audience your full name as well, maybe a couple facts about you. Well, hi, my name is Clayton King. Um, I go to Monta Vista Christian High School. I'm in the eleventh grade, uh, and I like to play sports. That's great, Clay. Thanks for telling us. Um, I would like to get into our first question of the evening. Um, In 1997, a man named Marcus Jackson was involved with a terrorist group called the Mana Queens. Please respond with the most courteous answer possible or give an example of why this is true. Yes. Uh, Is that your final answer? Do you have anything to maybe explain uh, your answer a little more in depth, please? Well, all the words that just came out of your mouth were specially formulized into a sentence. Uh, what, was, yeah. what was that? Aren't they all, though? And Clayton. that's what I said. But, yeah, but do you have any more uh, of a deeper analysis to the question overall? Like, uh, who were the Mana Queens? They were basically these guys who were like, you know... Uh, yeah. Thanks, Clay. Let's get into the second question. Corden, why don't you hit him? Of course, of course. Um, is there any sort of statistical background check you would take according to the CDC? Uh, well, you see, that's a that's a double-sided question because of... Hello? Oh, no, no, I finished. Thank you very much, Clay. Uh, glad to have you on the show today. Um, Aiden, you want to take it from here? Yep. Clayton, thank you so much, and we'll see you in another time. Um, peace. Maybe. And for our second interview today, we are going to invite our friend Andrew into the call. Let's move him in. Andrew, welcome to the call. Go ahead and say hi to the audience, tell them who you are, and maybe give them a couple facts about yourself. Hello, my name is Andrew, and I have four cats, and I hate them all. Uh, what are what are some of the names of the cats? I have Garfield. That's really great to know, Andrew. All right, let's get into the questioning. For question number one, how long have you been, um, like, uh, you know, like part of, uh, 
part of this, you know. The server? Uh, just in general. Part of what? You know, like, uh, like part of it, you know. The friend group? No, no, like, like I said, like in general. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, uh, hold on, hold on. I think he was onto something there. I feel like, I feel like you you're hiding something. Like, do you have? Are you sure there's no, no insight that we're missing? Um. Well, I'm pretty sure what you're saying is how long have I like been in this like, um, this friend group or something? Well, if you're asking you, that, wait, then, wait. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Like, how long have I been playing with you guys and talking to you guys? You guys. Uh, yes. Can you specify what that means? Uh, Aiden, Grego, Mason, Corydon. Oh, okay. So, wait, okay. But are you telling me there's, like, two different parts of it, or do you mean, like, separately? Um, separately. Oh, really? Sure. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, I've just been playing with all of you guys since... Like three years ago. Mm. Like uh, manipulative is what you mean. Yeah, sure. So it, how long have you been manipulating people? Ever since I was born. Oh, where do you think it all... That's interesting. So do you think it was a hereditary thing? Probably just felt bad for me by looking at me. Oh, and what did that have to do with the manipulation? Um... Excuse me, manulativation. A what? And I that's going to be all that. for the questioning today. Thank you so much, oh, Andrew, for oh. joining the show. Okay. You have a great day, sir. Okay, bye-bye. Welcome back to the interview stage. We have our third interview today. Our friend Mason will be joining the call. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Mason, welcome to the call. Um, go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about you, your full name, and whatever, something interesting. My name is, uh, Mason Hesslington, uh, and my highest round on Dreisendrock is 174. Wow, that's, that's some commitment right there, I like, I love to see it. Um, Corden, would you like to open up with the first question? Absolutely. So okay, um... Many people, actually most people, speculate that COVID-19's origin was actually from the so-called abandoned Nazi underground compounds. What do you think? That sounds pretty factual to me. I mean, I could believe that. And why is that? I don't know. Nazis were pretty bad people, and they kind of wanted to take over the world. Maybe they wanted to get a few countries out of the way first. Wow. That's a Very pretty good thoughtful. insight. Um, do you have any facts that can back that up? No. Okay. Um, second question. Can you describe how you're feeling about empathy and why empathy in general? About empathy? Yeah. And, and, and oh, why in the general? The, the, the definition. Hold on. What was that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Just describe how you're feeling about it and then, like... Why? Why you would describe it? Like about the, like the word empathy. Yeah. Uh. 
I don't know. I don't really look much into empathy. You just gotta think. You think deeper. You know, like there is there something behind it. You know, maybe there's a a deeper meaning, or maybe just a meaning in general. Uh, no. I'm pretty sure it means nothing because we're all gonna die anyway. Um. Okay. Uh, all everybody, right. yes. <laughs> say goodbye to Mason. Mason. Okay, he's already gone. Um. I guess we'll see you guys in the newest segment, the movie review. Alright, my I don't know what's happening listeners. We are now on to our second segment, which is a new one, the movie review. Cord, you excited to get into this one? Oh, I love movies. Cool. Anyway, um, so for our first movie, we thought we'd start it out with a, a loved one from the from the audience, from ourselves as well. Me and Cord have watched this countless times. Um, oh, yeah. there's not a fact we'd get wrong in this movie. We know everything. It's so good. Um, let's get started. First of all, just to give you a little, for those listeners that don't know what this movie is, this is a movie starring Adam Sandler. Um, his name's Gary Castaway in the movie, and he basically becomes a crazy lunatic cocaine addict and starts beating animals at the zoo. Um, and that is his primary job working at the zoo. He was originally... Um, a character who would blow up balloons for a living, and I'm pretty sure he got promoted. That's right, Gordon? Yeah, yeah. I remember that specifically because I, w I was watching this movie, and it reminded me completely of that one scene in Up, you know, where they're selling balloons. Because that's also what he did. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting connection there. Like, you know, was the creators of the creators of Up, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure they made uh, the that scene in respect to Adam Sandler because didn't he? Oh well, he obviously he tra tragically died two years ago, or yeah. was it one year ago? I can't remember. I'm I not sure. Really... He's a great actor, though. I know he's started. Was 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 a great actor. sorry. Uh, he was he starred in things like um, I think the newest Star Wars, right? Uh, he's yeah, he he was actually he had a cameo there. Um, he showed up as a stormtrooper, so you couldn't really tell, but you could tell when he started. Um, he he had a golf club in his hand mm. as a reference to what was that one movie where he played golf? I don't know. I didn't watch it, but um, yeah, it was really interesting to see that in Star Wars. Uh, that was in Star Wars. Um, I'm pretty the sure it was in Jedi one of the, Returns. Uh. I think it's called uh, the Jedi Returns. Yeah, some, but, something yeah. like that, or like the Last Jedi. It doesn't matter. No, Those no. movies weren't very good, anyways. Um, True. Okay. Um, but yeah, back to the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Gary Castaway, a very interesting dynamic character, and this is one thing I love. I love. I love. I love to see in movies is when you get this character. He goes, does well. You know, uh, the the crack addiction is like a very low point in his life and it's great to see something um well even though uh, yeah i wouldn't say it's a great redemption because he still abuses animals and that is obviously we don't condone uh violence towards animals but um he does kick his addiction in the end and ends up becoming addicted to coke as in the soda which i mm. think they just threw that in there to be a little bit ironic so for me it was honestly kind of hilarious to see that um 
but yeah, that's one thing I loved about the zookeeper. It was just, yeah, it was pretty funny to see. Uh, how about you? Uh, yeah, I truly do. I like Coke, the soda. It's really good. Um, but the movie itself, it, it is a little bit sad, but they seem to portray it in, like you said, more ironically than it should be because if it was more of a sadder movie, I think it wouldn't be labeled as much as a, um, a horror comedy. Um, and yeah. my, one of my favorite parts is that the animals, I'm pretty sure they can talk, um, is that he realizes where he finally went wrong and where he realizes that he is addicted to cocaine and it's changing his life. One of the animals is able to convince him to realize that and that's his changing point. I love that the animals were able to do that because you know animals are, most of them, especially like things like dogs, are some of the most knowledgeable creatures in the world as well as loyal and they truly know when something's wrong and something's right. Yeah, and obviously he knew something was wrong because he was talking to an animal that was talking back to him. Exactly. Now, at this point, he realized he wasn't just on coke or crack cocaine. Um, he realized that his dealer started putting something in it, which is common in uh, really sketchy, uh, not over-the-counter drugs that we see on the streets. Uh, people lace them with stuff. So he was obviously on a hallucinogen. Uh, whether this was shrooms or whether this was uh, monio, monosodium glutamate, we don't know. But uh, what we do know is that he is talking to a dog, a dog's talking back to him, and normally dogs don't talk in English, which is where he realized that he was at a breaking point. He hit rock bottom, and it was time to make a change. So instead of doing crack, he went on to, well, in a way, this is like, the, the turning point in the movie because not only had he already been at the zoo, but he had been longing to be something more than a balloon craftsman, if you will. Um, which is where he went and, you know, he started working with animals. And while a, well, I, I, I here's the thing about the movie. You know, I hate to see it, it's an, a wonderful movie besides the animal abuse, of course. Um, that is where that, that's probably the only place I have a problem with this movie because it's really hard to, to get through some of the scenes because you see, um, because not only is he a crack addict, he's also a raging alcoholic. So while he is a kind man, when he drinks, um, he's a, a completely different person. But the one cool thing is he did make a tire swing for one of the animals during the movie, um, and that was sweet. Although he ended up uh, breaking the tire swing about two scenes later in a fit of rage. So, but yeah, um, Aiden, what did you think about the types of animals we were seeing in this movie? And did you think that it had any importance in the movie overall? Um, I think one of my favorite parts is the zebra. Um, I remember he was on this great journey. He wanted to go to Africa. He hated being... He, the zebra was in this um, four-way enclosure next to a lion, a hippo, and a giraffe. Um, and this is a part where I'm pretty sure the zookeeper was watching him, and you, he could see them talking about it as the zebra looked at the mural, and it kind of shows it kind of shows hope within the animals because although the zookeeper was beating them absolutely sense, senseless in a point to where it's actually disgusting to watch, um, there's something that you can smile about, and I really like that. 
and um, I also agree with you on the tire swing part. Very sympathetic. He actually, this was before he was so crazy on on cocaine. He was just starting it around this point, um, and then completely obliterates this gorilla. Um, but those two parts is so sympathetic to me, other than the obliterating of a gorilla. Um, and it just, it makes me so happy to see that even though it's ironically made, there is still happiness, there's still sadness, they, they just put so much emotion into this movie. Which is what I love about tragic comedies, you know? One minute he's, um, you know, verbally abusive to this gorilla, in the next minute they are going to TGI Fridays. Now, TGI Fridays is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, by the way, did you, did, I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but originally they were planning on them going to Hooters, but then the, um, they were, had a lawsuit from Hooters claiming that animals aren't allowed in the building. And there's actually a clause in the article 104, I believe, of the uh, Hooters uh, manual, which claims that even if they are filming uh, the Zookeeper movie, they cannot um, bring animals into the building just because of how pushy the director was. They actually made a clause for it just in case they make a sequel. But yeah, when they go to um, TGI Fridays, it's wonderful. You know, you see the gorilla in him drinking margaritas. I, I don't believe the gorilla is actually old enough to drink uh, alcohol. But, um, you know, besides that, uh, it is illegal. They are having a great time and they're not hurting anybody. So um, contextually, it seems like it, it would be OK. Uh, well, actually, until you realize that gorillas um, have very poor, uh, liver. Well, they have a lot of liver problems in general. So I believe the actual gorilla, cause they use real alcohol. The actual gorilla died two years later, but it's basically like you're watching the crow, you know, because, um, it's kind of like, uh, it's got a whole new meaning. It makes the whole movie just so much more valuable. You have two characters that, um, died just shortly after the movie and it just brings a whole new emotion and vibe to the movie itself it's just sad but it honestly brightens up the movie in a way where like you just wouldn't have paid attention to the beautiful details of it in the past but now that um the beloved characters have passed it's almost um shined a bright on their uh shined a light onto their work which yeah is and, and this scene, it actually brings us to that part we were talking about where he finds his redemption and reverts to actual Coke the drink. Um, when that gorilla, he sees himself in that gorilla. Remember, he was the gorilla after drinking the alcohol was portrayed as a, a very vivid drunk. Um, and he actually ended up beating some of the other gorillas. And that's when the zookeeper saw this, had to put a stop to it. And that is when the gorilla like actually told the zookeeper... He needed to change his ways because he didn't want he didn't want him to be just like that all the time because he had seen mm, it yeah. firsthand. Um, yeah. But at the same time, this scene was part of my favorite scenes in the part because on the way they are they're vibing to this great song. I think it's by Flo Rida. It's called High. Um, gotta oh, get high, yeah. high, high, high. You know, it's one of my favorite songs by Flo Rida. Rida but um. Very hype back in about maybe uh, 1986. A uh, very great song. 
and they're just vibing. He's he's banging the roof and stuff. Showing 1987. Off, 1987. Sorry. Um, he's he's banging the roof. He's obviously high at the point as well, which makes it kind of ironic. Um, and they're punching the ceiling, all that kind of stuff. But that's one of my favorite parts because I love partying and I wish I could be in that position other than the cocaine addict. Right, right, right. Um, luckily, though, uh, he was not high on any illegal substances. It was over-the-counter drug. Well, not over-the-counter drugs, but it was prescription drugs. Um, even though, um, uh, they were highly addictive and, um, only for numbing pain and in the long run probably weren't healthy for herself. Actually, that might, didn't they also use real drugs for that scene too? Because that I'm pretty sure they were claiming that that's why Adam Sandler died. I'm pretty so sure that he was, he was high during every single scene. I'm pretty sure because it helped him act. I'm pretty sure it was part of his, uh, um, yeah. Strict dilemma. That's that's what we see with strict Methodist um, actors all the time is they go way too hard into their roles and oftentimes hurt their health, whether it be, you know, gaining a ton of weight to be a character, losing a ton of weight to be a character, or, you know, getting addicted to um, hard alcohol and uh, illegal substances. Um, but, you know, it, it does help their, in, in my opinion, uh, it is radical, but I think with without these methods, some actors, well, obviously some actors would not be able to do as well because it just gives them a more real sense of what they're doing. Um, and it gives them more of a grip on their character role as a whole. Uh, now, some people may say that this is just uh, only bad actors get addicted to crack for their role. But I say, you know, if if you can't kick it, lick it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely increased the amount of want for me to uh, want to watch this movie because he definitely increased his character and made it a lot more interesting. Um, well, folks, that's going to be it for our podcast today. I'm so hoping that you guys enjoyed our newest segment, and if so, we will definitely infuse it with a podcast um, and an incoming podcast. And and go watch The Zookeeper for yourself. Mm -hmm. We love this movie. I've seen it about a million times. Um, yeah, just. I hope I hope we didn't put too many spoilers in there, but um. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We're hoping we most should, of you've seen it. We should say uh, spoiler alert at the beginning. Yeah, let them know. My bad. That was a lot of shockers. A lot of shockers. We'll do that next time. We'll do that next time. <laughs> uh, I'm Aiden Keegan on the podcast. I don't know what's happening with my co-host Corden Lindner, and we're signing off. See you guys. Bye. Audio Jungle. Audio Jungle.